0: welcome to the fantasy NBA today podcast
1: a couple weeks ago it was mock day on Friday now it's big dog Friday on fantasy NBA today hark what do I hear in the distance arr, arr, arr. oh man it's been too long my dog doesn't sound like that my actual uh canine that lives in my home does not bark like that that is the i know that bark that's only that's just my
0: speaking voice now dan
1: (laughs) that's well that is that's all i do
0: is bark right
1: that's because of smoke inhalation brew
0: what kind of smoke are we talking here no we're talking car smoke yeah yeah. car smoke yesterday i got uh i i I got hit by uh i guess bad luck i don't know what
1: you can call this is movie scene crap
0: i I did do a search as we just tease this out a little i did do a search on what if a Honda Accord goes on fire? Like, is there <laughs> is there happens. actually you know like a history of this model catching on fire in the freeway? Um a cursory search says no.
1: No, um, no, that, that doesn't happen in real life. By the way, welcome to Fantasy NBA Today, everybody. I am Dan Bespris. I am joined, of course, by the one, the only, the founder of this site, known currently as Sports Ethos, formerly known as the Hoob.
0: Wait, wait. wait. Currently, is am I unaware of a marketing uh, no. plan? Well, we're going to change names again. You
1: and I can't. We can't call it the Hoob anymore. But I can throw it in there every once in a while. Aaron Brusky, who, and we're going to dive into the we first round. The yeah.
0: We can call it the Hoob. we can call it the Okay,
1: good. It's still the. It's still the. There's, there, there's Hoobs,
0: hoob ballers.
1: Do, do people, I don't know if people know that there was an episode that you and I did of a live show like four years ago where you had written the word poop ball on a whiteboard in the background. <laughs> so I want people to go back and find it. Did I, did I do that? You might've, that. you might've done that. You wrote it upside down on a couple of things. Um, but before we do the first, cause today we're talking first round dilemmas, second round dilemmas. And of course, as everybody knows, I will badger you until you give something away for free, but I, I I can't start this show without letting people know that you literally had your car catch on fire on the freeway. Y like you sent a video of this to us in the our our staff Slack channel, and then a video of you like carrying your work documents home from a from a, a flaming car. That doesn't happen in real life. Hey, I was singing too. You were.
0: <laughs> Just another day living in the hood. <laughs> the delirium is strong with this one. Unbelievable. Yeah, it, it, it it was wild. I mean, there was there's no good reason for this. Thankfully, everybody was okay. Yeah. Um, I, I actually I think I conducted a business call during the whole thing, um, <laughs> because it all happened so fast and somebody called and I was like, Hey, I gotta go, my car's on fire. <laughs> um, but Everybody was really good. Like the CHP showed up, the fire department showed up, um, you know, my, my tow company from the insurance company, they, everybody showed up really fast and um, it was all, I guess, um, you know, if something's going to go down, uh, thankfully my son wasn't in the car. I just dropped him off at the babysitter prior to that. That would have been like an entire 50 levels worse.
1: Yeah, well, but, the, um, uh, can I just tell you the funniest part of it on my end, now knowing that every you're fine and, and everybody's okay, was when you said, oh, my car just broke down on the freeway. There's some smoke coming out. I'm waiting on a tow truck. <laughs> and then like four minutes later, you posted a video of your car engulfed in flames. And my, I was just like, I think you're going to need more than a tow truck,
0: bro. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I know. It, it, it was... And I guess, you know, this car, I've been hanging on to it because I, I don't even know what kind of car I want. I've been thinking about this for a while. It's like, okay, I got to get a new car, you know, and, and I don't drive a lot. The pandemic, I mean, we, we've we got another car that's really nice and it's just, you know, like I just don't want a car and I don't, I'm not a big car person either. So I have no idea what car I want and I'm just holding on to this, this commuter car, essentially. It's a Honda Accord. It's got 150,000 miles. It'll go another 50, right? Nothing wrong with it, and you know, just boom out of nowhere. Yeah, that's it, in, that's insane. It, it the electric went out, and um, I just pulled over, saw a little smoke, and I was like, actually, I knew the minute the electric went out, I was like, this car's done. After that, when I saw the smoke, I was like, this car's probably ending up in flames. But it didn't actually go up in flames right away. It took about three minutes. That's insane. Then at the three minute market, it really got cooking and there was, and actually shouts to the good Samaritans out there. I mean, I was almost like a defensive football player trying to block them from getting to the car, but like three good Samaritans pulled over had either like fire extinguishers or water and they just kept coming up trying to put the thing out. And I was like, guys. I don't care.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, but let's not get <laughs> Get away here. from the
0: burning car. <laughs>
1: Absurd. That is, the, that is the craziest thing that I've seen in, in recent history. But it's time to pick that fantasy brain of yours. He, of course, is at Aaron Brewski on Twitter. I am at Dan Bespris. So I'll tell you a bunch of reasons in a few minutes why you need to be following. But, Brew, the things that are happening right now in the fantasy world, everybody's coming up on their draft. We're really in count-up mode here. Season is this show's airing on Friday 11 days away. Uh and again, you know, a month ago, I I thought we might be getting this reprieve from first and second round dilemmas and then boards kept shifting and Yahoo kept changing their X ranks and now here we are again. We've got first and second round dilemmas. So, I want to start with the first and get your feeling on a couple of uh situations. I don't know what the right term for it is. Um but one of them is is way up at the top, which is what to do after Nikola Jokic. We kind of knew this was going to be a thing. I thought that you might see someone like a Kevin Durant a little bit lower on the board, given he has missed a number of games lately, but he's pretty close to the top. And then in actual practice, you're seeing Giannis and Luka go really high. Giannis last year actually had a pretty darn good season. I think he was number 10 in 9-cat. But Luka, we're talking about a guy that's been kind of hovering at like early third-round per game, nine cat numbers. And I know a lot of that's turnovers. What are you seeing at the top of the draft beyond Nikola Jokic? How do you deal with that first dilemma that pops up? I'm seeing
0: a lot of people that don't know what to do. Yeah. I mean, mean, just like, I mean, not even trying to be flippant about it. Like these are legitimately tough questions. And so it really, it's, it comes down to where people are drafting and who's falling. I don't know that there's any sort of kind of, just common scenario that that we're seeing with that because everybody has their different risk threshold for those top two guys in particular, KD and Joel Embiid. Right. That is, I mean, I I don't personally want, like Joel Embiid, I don't personally want him on my (laughs) (laughs) team, which is at the end of the day, if it comes down to I'm sitting in the three slot it goes Jokic, Durant, and then it's Embiid, you know, sitting there staring at me. I would have to be I would have to have a pretty strong line of reasoning to pass him up. Um he looks great. This is the year for those guys in Philly. They're they're all geared up for it, I think, in terms of games played. It's the same discussion that we had last year. He's never gonna be as well positioned to stay healthy as he will be this year. So why I mean it's almost like you gotta pull the trigger at some point. Why not now? Um then after that it gets a little fun, I think, in the middle of the first round. You get some kind of higher end players, it's a little bit safer. Um, maybe safe isn't the right word for somebody to say like Stephen Curry, but um at least there's a little bit of a reprieve. You're not just, you know, staring down the guillotine with Joel Embiid and with KD. I'm I'm a little less concerned about KD. You know, he doesn't play w- way up in the air. He's not a big contact guy. He's got a few games under his belt. And, of course, the stat set is what it is. He's, you know, there's no question about the production. Um, But it's it's definitely nerve-wracking. I mean, that team, you know, any team that's got, what, what's his name, uh, Buffoon Kyrie Irving? <laughs> any any team that's got that guy and Ben Simmons on it, you know, I mean, things could spin If If it spins south, the question is what? you know happens with KD does he want to grind it out through the fantasy playoffs and through April you know would be the question there
1: Oh don't worry we'll be getting to the Kyrie dilemma in the not too distant future I got some second round questions in the hopper would you ever consider skipping are there are there a, is there a format maybe is the way I should phrase this where you'd consider skipping someone with the upside of a Durant or an Embiid and instead lunging to a guy where you know that they probably don't have the same claim to a a number two per game slot but maybe you feel a little bit more comfortable in how often they're actually on the court like a James Harden or a Steph or a Tatum or someone like that is that a situation you'd consider or is I know you like risk but is there a place where you would scale the risk all the way back folks picture this nightmare scenario. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's drizl com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations.
0: Yeah, if, um, if it's like a one center league, and I know that the position's deep, if the positional um, eligibility starts to bring a lot of different uh, forwards you know, into the mix where, where center, the designation, it's almost kind of nothing you know you can get your block somewhere else if you've really got that mentality because you gotta you gotta figure out where you're gonna get your big man stats. If you don't go Joel Embiid at three, that's just got to be a part of the strategy later on. Because if you, it, it's not that you can't do it without Joel Embiid. It's that when you do do it, picking Joel Embiid, you get all of those other benefits. You get the total value package. You know, you you don't need as many games to even get there. there. There's just a built-in advantage with Joel Embiid, assuming he stays upright. And and again, this is the year, you know, where he's the leader of the team. Clearly, there's a lot of pressure on him to perform like the leader of the team. And and there's also a timer, you know, I'll just throw out a random name, Christoph Porzingis. Like, I'm not incredibly high on Christoph Porzingis. I'm not going out of my way to draft the guy. I'm going to bring him up because he's another injury-prone big man. You know, at some point in your career, playing for the future just isn't you know part of the plan. You know, everybody involved—the player, the players, people, the teams—you know, nobody's saying, "Hey, let's put you in bubble wrap and, and and save you for five years from now," because five years from now, you're probably not going to be you know that good anymore. So there is this momentum for these guys to stay on the floor and play. So a uh, Joel Embiid, in that case, I would say obviously leading toward taking him in one of those scenarios. But, um, you know, if you can, if you look and you're in a one center league and you've got 12 great center candidates and you can live with the 12th one, of course, yeah, no, get out of the risk of Joel Embiid and maybe look further down the list.
1: I've heard some folks say, and I, I think I maybe sort of agree with it, that for the first time in a really long while, being down near the end of the first round actually isn't, that horrible this year which is kind of nice because last year the guys at the end of the first round who all had a certain amount of upside all pooped their pants um uh, you know Paul George what did he play like 30% of his team's games and Jimmy Butler sat out 20 some odd and I got nailed with a lot of Jimmy Butler's last year I you know luckily his wasn't quite as disastrous I think he got into 50 some odd um this year that crop of Um, much more injury prone guys seems to have pushed down into the like 15 through 18 to 19 range. And it, it seems like there are more opportunities later in the first round. Someone like a cat I've seen fall towards the end of the first. I've seen Steph, who you talked about just a minute ago, fall to 9, 10, 11. I've seen Tatum, who we just talked about, fall. Do you feel like... Uh, if, if there's ever a year you're going to get nailed with the 12th overall pick, this is the year you should kind of be crossing your fingers. It happens.
0: Mm, yeah, I'll go with that. That, that framing's fine. <laughs> I, I I mean,
1: it's still don't like it,
0: but yeah, you still don't like, I mean, you've got to have third round reversal in play. Like, oh, so know, true. It's, it's, if we're not talking third round reversal, I'm assuming we're talking third round reversal and I'm still hesitant on. You know, is 9, 10, 11, 12, is that, is that good overall? The the discrepancies at the top, you know, I mean, let's, let's take a quick sample of the three that we've been talking about at the top. You can add, say, Steph Curry to that mix because of his stats set. Maybe Jason Tatum, but it really falls off in terms of what can you expect in a high-end performance, you know, and like Jokic is the obvious one. I mean, he's like getting an additional first rounder <laughs> or a second rounder. In terms of how much better he is than two, three, four, or 5. By
1: the way, you're not six. being hyperbolic there. I don't mean to jump in. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. The jump between Nikola Jokic last year, because he also played in 74 games, and a lot of those top guys didn't get anywhere near that. The difference between Nikola Jokic and the number two player last year in Joel Embiid was a second rounder. That's between one and two. That's nuts.
0: It's it's, it's very uh, unfair in in the sense that like it didn't take a whole lot of skill to go yeah I'll take that guy, <laughs> uh, but that's so that's the question we're always dealing with and and as you go down further into the the back end of the first round, early second round and then hopefully early third round again you know you're supposed to theoretically be be able to make that up this year it's better positioned to do so though I do kind of wonder if at the end of like 8 9 10 or probably more like 10 11 12 if you're still getting the value there if if some of this in a really sharp league if if some of the the safer better higher upside players if they all go in order you know i'm just looking at an order right now you could be staring at the same the same kind of problematic issue that that we're talking about at the back end of the first rounders, you you don't get a good up good upside, you know, high productivity, safe, injury free sort of, you know, kind of player. You're looking at the guys that you were just listed, um, and wondering, can I gamble my first or second round pick on yes. a on a player like say say it was Kawhi Leonard? I'm not saying that he's in that bunch. I, I don't
1: You could say Anthony Davis. He's kind of in that like beginning of the second round bunch?
0: Well, you know, it was funny you mentioned Cat earlier. Um, both of those guys, I have lower than almost everybody else. And so I personally, you know, I guess with Cat, at least I know previously he was an upside guy. I know <laughs> previously, um, you know, a top five upside guy. I, the the configuration in Minnesota is what it is. Cat um, hasn't looked right to me. You know, for a couple of years since his, um, you know, his family, yeah, so all the, the tragedy there and, um, you know, just watching the way he's played the game of basketball. If we were to just, you know, siphon that off and not talk even about the off the court stuff, I think on the court he's been about as erratic as as you could really expect a player of his caliber to have played. So um, I got him way low. I got Anthony Davis way low. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, well, with Anthony Davis, you're always staring at that games played number, and it's hard to see it coming back. And then with the free throws, too, there's there's this yips thing. Um, one last player who is going at the very end of the first round, and I bring him up for uh, two reasons. Number one, you were the highest on him last year, and arguably the biggest win in last season's Brewski 150 was Tyrese Halliburton. He started this draft season going in the mid-20s. Now I'm seeing him go as early as five. Have we priced him out? Yes. All right. That's easy and, enough. And, and I think he was
0: <laughs> I think he might have been the, the biggest gainer um, in all of fantasy last year.
1: Yeah, when you think know. about just like a not necessarily how many slots you jump, but how much value you jump because each of like you're talking about before, difference between one and two you know, Halliburton was a first rounder last year and he was going near what, 55, 60? And sometimes later. I mean,
0: there were some pretty absurd Halliburton draft selections. I want to say like 70, 80, you know, in that range in, in some leagues that were really soft. And uh,
1: so why do you think he has priced things out? What are, what are people getting caught up in? Is it uh, the possibility of a tank? Is it just that, you know, he's, yeah. he's not a guy who's going to score 25 points? What, where does the cap come in?
0: You know, I think there's just this expectation that he's going to take another step and another leap. And, and, I, and, I, and I think he will. And I think he's got, you know, a, a number of gears, especially offensively scoring the ball when he gets a, a few more pet moves that, that he can go to. He really struggles in isolation. And, um, you know, he's not going to break free from too many players, uh, just purely offensively on his own. So everything that he's been generating, he's been doing it just as a part of his overall game, his floor game. And when you saw what was going on in Indy last year, that was about as good as it's ever going to get for a floor game, meaning like the pace was high. They gave him the ball every single time down the floor. He, was, he had carte blanche. He had players that deferred to him. I mean, it was just as good as it's ever going to get for a player. So really when you're looking at can he do more, it's can he do more? individually offensively can he become harder to cover you know a lot of these things are um you know within his reach but they're also not really a priority in his game I mean he's been hearing about the scoring thing forever um you know passing up shots and you know seeing him close up in Sacramento I kind of just know that inside and out I think he will work on that but what does that do to his fantasy numbers and I think a lot of people looked at those indie numbers and said all right it's going to be that and more, and it's the, the 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 degree of difficulty on that dive is extremely high. Um, I, I get it. Like, I, I mean, he is a great player, and they're going to let him have the ball and run with it. But you're also going to see, you know, they've got a couple players back. It's it's not as much of a free for all as it once was. What happens if they start tanking? I don't know. That's a, that's a, I mean, they already kind of know where they're at. Um, I don't really think tanking's in their DNA in Indy, you know, Herb Simons is all about getting the, 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 the nine or the 10 seed. And, and, you <laughs> know, might, his, his, they, his, they his standing on that he's, he's almost been moved out of the conversation a little bit. Uh, You know, Rick Carlisle is not exactly signed up to do that. So I don't know what's going to go on with that, but I do think he's been priced out in the sense that like, if you draft him in the middle of the first round, you know, the, the only silver lining there is that he's probably going to stay healthy, but he's also really thin and he's going to take a lot of shots, you know, and he's had some back issues in the past. So a high usage player, that's not strong, you know, he could take on some damage and then what happens if hmm. they start to tank?
1: I see no better time than right now to bring up the fact that, well, actually a lot of people are going to be listening to this particular episode as the Brewski 150 goes into the fantasy pass. And so Who better to ask about the Brewski 150 than the guy whose name is on the Brewski 150? Um... Why should listeners go get a fantasy pass? I'll just lob it out there like that. There you go. Here, here, here. Hit this ball off the tee to
0: my management team.
1: uh, (laughs) Am I? Wait a minute. Uh, Does that mean I have to answer it?
0: (laughs) I know, right? Um, No, actually, um, I would get the fantasy pass not just for the B one fifty. Like that's an easy, yeah. Like you know, and a lot of people just do that, and and thank you. I, I I take that as a compliment, and you know, it's been a lot of work to be able to. You know, just kind of have that situation going on. But the reason you get the fantasy passes is, is because of everybody else's stuff. I mean, you got Panda's stuff alone is worth just like if you're not out there reading Panda's player profiles at the beginning of the year, like early, you know, in August, September, you're just doing. If you're competitive about this, that is, you know, if you if you just want to pick up a, a list and draft it with your friends, no, you don't got to go read all the player profiles. But if you're competitive, if you love this, if you love the NBA, if you love your team. You know, you want to be knowledgeable when you're talking about this stuff. Those player profiles alone will make you in the top 99th percentile of basketball, you know, people, readers, fans, whatever you want to call yourself, that those alone will do it. But our team has so much talent and there's so many, you know, great pieces of work that come through and, then it, and then it happens all year. So the draft is just, you know, I don't know, a third of the equation, half of the equation just depends on your league, your format. Going through all year and having access to people like yourself, Dan, getting into the discord, you know, doing all of the the forum stuff and and just really milking it for what it's worth. There's really almost like no excuse for not doing well in your fantasy league. If you have the fantasy pass, because you're always going to have access to the best information. You'll always have access to the best pickups. You'll always have access to the best tools and, and, and just, you know, more, more fantasy info than you could, shake a stick at.
1: You did just fine without deferring to your management team there. You did just fine. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I will also remind folks that the uh, your Aaron Brewski's uh, category league projections, those are also in the Fantasy Pass and Draft Guide already. Brewski 150 goes into them at 12.01 a.m. Pacific Time on Saturday morning, October the 8th. Uh, Points League ranks are in there, as well as all the goodies that Brew was just talking about. We got ADP trackers and percentage NFL and, football uh, and football in the fantasy pass this year i, can't believe
0: I didn't even mention that oh, long, Dude, i know those guys those are guys are they're very good i'm undefeated in my fantasy leagues uh, and i have not looked at a single football thing
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the beauty of it i um i Shout have had the, jp sticko seriously what up? uh i've had the um the poor fortune of having the most points scored against me of anyone in our uh ethos league so far so you're, my team's you're not reading a fantasy pass yeah i don't know if it would matter when you're just getting thwomped like that when you just run into every team on buzzsaw week in any event uh okay i got second round questions for you too and they're mostly situated at the front end of the second round which is th- the guys that we were kind of hinting at and i'm going to give you a a crop of names and you can feel free to siphon off any that you don't feel belong in it but this is the group that I'm personally struggling with. And I, and I assume then that means a lot of folks are as well because of the question marks. And those names are Kyrie Irving, who I think the question marks speak for themselves. Um, Anthony Davis, also very obvious question mark there, played 40 games last season. LeBron, because I'm only just a hair older than he is. And that means that he has things that aren't going to heal as fast as they used to. Kawhi, who does tend to go a little bit later in in most drafts. Uh, games Roto, he might creep up the board a little bit. Jimmy Butler, who's actually more like a third rounder this year. Um, and I'll probably throw Paul George into the mix also because he, he hasn't, just like AD, he really hasn't played many games since he got to LA with the Clippers. So beginning of the second round comes rolling around. And let's say maybe you did get someone you feel pretty good about in the first. You know, maybe you can throw Dame in that mix also. He's coming back off a year where he played 29 ballgames. It's almost too many names, Brew, to just ignore all of them. Isn't like, don't you kind of have to pick from that list if you have a pick at, I don't know, 15? Could you really go down past those guys to other names? Or is it... Try to minimize the risk. Take the name from that list I just gave you. That's the least terrifying.
0: Yeah, I think you're you're hoping for somebody that profiles with less risk, and and maybe you do take a, a lower value player, especially depending on your first round pick. If you're you know, and, and the thought process there could go either way. It's like I took a risky first round pick. Well, we might as well go for a risky second.
1: <laughs> that's round true. Pick. Screw it at this point.
0: You know. And, and it's just the high variance, you know, model of, you know, I'm either going to win first or I'm going to, you know, get relegated. Um, <laughs> That's
1: right. But
0: womp, that, womp. I don't want, want, want that, uh, that whole section, I, I guess I'm not as worried about it because I know somebody who's probably going to fall to me and, you know, maybe it's like a Damian Lillard and you'd mentioned him. And I look at Lillard season and I go, this is actually going to be the the season we thought we were going to get last year out of Damian Lillard. He's got his extension is perfectly timed. They are all in to win this year. If it doesn't go well this year, I would be worried about next year. I think that ab surgery really actually brought him back. Um, you know, it, it's, he, he kind of goes back and and with the bonus, of having other players that complement him well for really the first time in a long time, if not ever, depending on how far we go back.
1: You mean you um, don't think that like the year – what was that? Seven, six, seven years ago when they signed like four wings and each of them got four-year $16 million deals, that wasn't the – that wasn't the time. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I feel like Mo Harkless. I feel like Mo Harkless was in there. Al Farouk Aminu might have been in there. Oh, uh,
0: that's why I don't remember. Yeah, it's I remember like that group. Yeah, four guys
1: that were exactly the same basketball. They've been players. bad in Portland
0: at that for a while, and this year they really nailed it. I think you know, bringing in defensive players and giving them a chance to put Anthony Simons, and that's the big piece, right? Is Anthony Simons is legitimately good he's not as good in fantasy as he is in real life, but like he's legitimately good and can, you know, CJ was this same guy, but like, you know, having somebody who's as explosive as Anthony Simons is can shoot the way Anthony Simons does while you did add the defensive players. And then I would add, you know, Amphery Simons isn't a good defender, but you know he does at least have certain things that make him a little bit more compelling than C. J. was. So I just think the equation will be better in Portland, and I think that takes pressure off of Dame to just go out there and be like a 50 point guy or you know take these wild threes that he's kind of become accustomed to taking. Um, so he's a guy that I think can spell some of these second round risk scenarios, but you know you, you went down the list and it was like Ka- Kawhi, like, does anybody really want to deal with Kawhi right now? I mean, like,
1: what's the max? What's the max number of games he plays this year? 64? Mm, yeah, 68. You think would he, probably be the max? I guess that is the max. Yeah, <laughs> but, but more likely, max is like sixty-five. But
0: he's also another guy that you know, kind of that same principle of your. I, and I, he might be a little bit different in the sense that he's got these tendinopathy issues in his knee, which, you know, the degradation of the tendons, which is different than sort of an inflammation and, um, you know, think things gotta be a little bit managed a little bit more, um, you know, with medication yeah, yeah. or rest. You got the, the, opathy, this I is, think the
1: suffix of apathy instead of itis. Is that, is that what we're working with? That's here? exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's where we're at. Um, so I think he's in a deep he's in a deeper mess but like I also wonder about degradation in his game and I and I wonder like Paul George has sort of pushed through his stuff and and before he got hurt last year he was great and then what we saw in the playoffs was pretty damn good too. He might be the better player at this point. So mm-hmm. what happens with Kawhi? I'm not you know, I'm not excited about Kawhi. I think the other names like Anthony Davis, I have questions all over the place about that guy. I mean, does he have the mental stability to be the leader of the team? That's kind of what they're asking him to do. You know, LeBron is LeBron, and he's not going away. But I think LeBron knows at 38, he's not supposed to be the number one every night.
1: No, can't think be they forever. Wanna... Well, do you trust Braun this year? I actually kind of like him going late second round. If that's really where he's going to go, I might have a hard time talking myself out of it.
0: I'm okay with it in the sense that, like he wants to control his destiny i don't think he wants to sit on the sideline this year i think he's also at that that stage in his career where he's starting to feel it slip away and that will cause him to be extremely motivated um how do they want things to end in la you know that they have taken that organization over it, it it's the you know the 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 clutch, the clutch the, uh, rich paul's of the nba they they can't really take their entire operation and like move it somewhere else they could but it would be a lot of work (laughs) and and so i kind of think they want to make it work in la which is key right because like if it goes to hell then they all start you know looking to the future lebron's like i want to play with Bronny. i don't want to like mess my knee up for a 37 win team you know that kind of stuff is the risk with either of them yeah I don't think that's in play this year. I do think, though, that Anthony Davis will be less efficient. I think that his athleticism will go down. I think that he's moving away from the hoop. Uh, I think when the pressure comes, he probably folds. What
1: else? Yeah, I mean, that's most of the old guys, I guess. So then, uh, well, Kyrie was the only other one. And, and you know, it's funny. With-
0: I actually like him more than anybody else.
1: <laughs> well, all the Jonas was on the show. Two days ago. Three days ago? I forget exactly how many days ago. And he made he laid out this very reasonable argument for why Kyrie Irving should actually have a I, good year. I bet it's the same as mine. Yeah. He was like, look, uh, he had to take the one-year deal. All he's got to do is basically show up for work for one season, and he can make like $200 million. He, he has like everything 50% to percent less stupid things, yeah, he has everything to prove, everything to gain, and so little that he has to do to get there. I mean he's got his buddy back, kD rescinded the trade demand they've they've got a decent enough roster, but then at the end of the day, I you know I turned I was like, okay, Jonas, that actually makes a ton of sense, but also he's Kyrie Irving, so can we trust that logic will prevail right. and there's Ben Simmons
0: sitting there, so it's like you know the Ben Simmons circus might kind of. Vault Kyrie into a less circus-like environment because the Ben Simmons stuff, when that kicks in, I don't know. It's hard to 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 rate a guy on the first game he's played in 500 days or whatever. But he looked slow to me, and he looked like he didn't know where to stand on the floor. He looked out of sorts, and yeah, he had a couple easy dunks, and you know, made a couple plays here and there. But like when the games crank up and the pressure is on, does he start cracking? when the results aren't there. And, and, and so how does, that, how does that help Kyrie Irving? Well, you know, it's not all about him.
1: <laughs> yeah. Maybe you just take, or does he want the focus to come back on him? So, yeah, well, that's that, what he will do, but that's right.
0: the 50% stuff. It's not a hundred percent. Kyrie. <right. laughs> you never go full Kyrie.
1: You know, yeah. No. Well, Oh boy. This that's a, that's a tough damn choice. But then you look at other names. They're like, uh, I'm trying to think of Devin Booker who in nine cat, he had a really good season last year, but that's, probably about as great as it's going to get or like a Demonis Sabonis who's going towards the end of the of the round bookers going much earlier or Adebayo who's going kind of near that secondary turn or an Anthony Edwards are those guys you would look towards uh to avoid some of these risk dudes I I actually I mean like personally I would have a tough time passing up on even crazy Kyrie knowing he could be a top 5 per game guy while also knowing that Sure, Demonte Sabonis is more likely to show up to work every day, but his per game upside is like twenty five in nine cat. That's a big jump from five from twenty five to five, a- a- even Andy's with the risk. he's in Sacramento, right? Well, I anything mean, can I, happen I, there. I,
0: I, well, yeah, and it actually—I mean, that's not normal Kings slander. That's more almost like they got a lot of players there. Yeah, like, they are even, better
1: this year. I, I they're better,
0: them and and yeah, they're going to go full Demontis. But like at some level, there's going to be a time when it's like, hey, Keegan Murray makes the right decision every time he touch, touches the ball. You know, like why not get him the ball more? You know, even if it doesn't come at the expense of Sabonis, it's it's an interesting scenario there. I would say this: I have at least like five, maybe six or seven targets that can kind of eliminate the second round discussion.
1: Mm. Are some but of them I will say this. As...
0: Go ahead. The second round discussion is definitely completely like 100% legit. It is a list of big names. James Harden. I mean, I don't know where James Harden is going for you guys. Um, I know he goes a little bit early, you know, um, just in general. But yeah, he started I'm at curious. like
1: 11, and I think he's moved up towards six or seven lately.
0: Yeah, and I don't see that at all. Like. um, so I guess I'm giving something away there, but like, you know, there's, it's just, that's like the top of the, the danger list. And then you just keep going deeper into the names that you've discussed. And they're all going to be sitting there staring at you. And the question is, is can you have five or six players in your back pocket where you go, you know what? I don't even need to deal with that.
1: Mm. Yeah. You know, it's funny too, is I really like the third round this year. I think the third round is loaded to the hilt with like easy doubles to the gap. I've been doing a lot of baseball analogies on the pod right now. I feel like I'm ready for the playoffs. Um, Okay, well speaking of things in your back pocket and or giving away secrets, everybody knows that this particular bruwsky appearance on the podcast, I badger you until you give something away, so shall we do like shall we do the dance? do the scene yeah, and at no, the end of it, Dan, I'm not gonna do it. oh remember 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 blue, come on. <laughs> yeah
0: I know. we just no. finish the segment like that
1: yeah <laughs> nobody, 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 buys buys the,
0: the, nobody nobody buys the
1: nobody buys the shtick anymore i could try but it's easier to just say save me the trouble brew give me something juicy
0: kyle anderson no i'm kidding 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 oh god i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding that was a total joke i'm totally kidding it was the first name i saw and i thought it would be funny
1: mm. you scared me for a second
0: Sometimes the names are scary, aren't they?
1: <laughs> yes they are, I like the whole second round.
0: Yeah, um no, okay, so I've got like 20 some mod plus sleepers I like better than this. So, sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's not that's a terrible sales job. Well, I
0: mean, cuz well, here, let's let's talk this out a little bit. Like so I'll give you two from the same team that I, that I really like. I'm I, I wish that um two. Well, one is Grant Williams. Oh, dang. Yeah. And and here's why. Um he's gonna be in the league a long time, and he's gonna be a kind of a player that you see on a lot of finals teams. Like he might not get like some massive deal, um, but you might see him. He's kind of like a a a better Jay Crowder. You know, definitely less annoying from a basketball standpoint, which, by the way, (laughs) watching the Suns in the playoffs, it looked like they didn't like Jay Crowder. And I said this to some, I think to you, I think to like five other people, probably on air as well. I think there's something wrong there. And guess who's on his way out? Yeah, that was interesting. I just you can tell by the way they were looking at each other and he was taking bad shots as he always does. Anyway, Grant Williams doesn't do that. Grant Williams seems to make the right play all the time and it was watching the the preseason action and just kind of watching how he's impressed or he's impressed me, but he's, he's moved up the ladder in terms of his, his smarts even more with his off ball stuff, both sides of the floor. So anyway, he's going to stay on the floor all game long. Now his fantasy stat set has been a bit of a mess, like certain elements of it you like, um, and 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 will these things improve? And his shooting obviously was through the roof um in the playoffs. So I think he's a, a, a prime example of a of a physical athlete that came into the league and then really learned how to shoot. And he knew how to play and he had all the intangibles and they just did a good job picking him up. So I think he's gonna play a ton. And when you look at what his value is at the end of the year, it would not shock me at all if he was a top seventy five guy.
1: What do you think so he's rolling on a per game basis?
0: I think um, early on it'll probably be all right. I think like 100, you know, um, and and who knows? Maybe it goes a little bit bigger because they're very thin in Boston and, you know, they're going to be without Robert Williams. He's going to play over 30 minutes per game. I think he'll be more involved than people think he will be. Um, but yeah, 100 what I th- is, is probably the right target to start. And then you just see maybe you catch lightning in a bottle. And you get up into that top 75 mark. And what's he going in drafts? Like 200 right now?
1: I yeah, not, not drafted. He's not
0: even being drafted. Not so drafted. that's one. The other is Malcolm Brogdon. Oh, dang. And yeah, yeah. You know, and normally I fade. Um, but there was something really interesting about his game uh, in Indy. He played like the the man. Like he, he really wanted to be the man. He took a ton of bad shots. It was very not Malcolm Brogdon-like. And... I think that's why he was on his way out. So now he goes to a place in Boston where they really could use him to be condensed value off the bench where, you know, 26 minutes per game, they go to him and they say, look, you're not going to play a ton of minutes, but in those minutes we want you to be something between take a bunch of bad shots, Brogdon and Milwaukee Brogdon. And he's going to, I mean, you go to a team that's been to the finals and you're going to fall in line pretty quick. And I think he got humbled by the market and how it reacted to his play having a new guy like Halliburton come in and just knock him out. Um, So this is a good scenario for Malcolm Brogdon. He's going to get low minutes, which is going to help keep him healthy. He's going to kind of get back into that more efficient style of play. He'll probably play really well. And these guys, you know, Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown, these are players with a ton of mileage that have been banged up. Yeah, they play through whatever, but that might have been an Udoka thing. You know, like now he's out. And we, we would I was just shouting from the rooftops. You cannot play Robert Williams more than the 23 minutes per game that he could barely handle all season. And they went and they did it, and then he got hurt. It was not that surprising. Yeah. So maybe they've learned their lesson a little bit, but if not, if they still just throw caution to the wind and throw these guys out there, what you could see with Malcolm Brogdon is he retools his game, he gets efficient again, injury in front of him happens, and they're like, sure, Malcolm come on in 30 minutes per game run the team and you're looking at a guy that at times was having top 20 30 value more of a top 40 50 guy overall but what's he going for 80
1: later 90, i think later 100 yeah, 100 i think so this is like my 20th or 25th best sleeper and <laughs> i think they're really good you can find the rest of Aaron Bruski's sleepers numbers 1 through 19 apparently in the Bruski 150 in the projections available in the fantasy pass Available right now, actually, if you're listening on Saturday in the Fantasy Pass, or very soon if you're listening on Friday over at sportsethos.com. He is the legend at Aaron Bruski on Twitter, founder of sportsethoslash the hoob. Uh, and another little piece of good news for folks before I send you off to your day, Brew. You and I are going to be bringing back our weekly chats. Yeah, Thank I'm so
0: excited about this. Um, we didn't even get to talk about my RSI or whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, I know.
1: We'll, but, we'll have plenty but, of time. But
0: this is the answer to that. And I got to say one last thing. Shout out Ben Hood, who works on our finance Hoodie. team, who helped me create this year's B-150 by Dick, like I can't barely type, but being doing everything verbally has made things so much easier. So I've had time to really flesh things out. And Ben in particular is really good with basketball. So like I, I kind of feel like this thing that was a big negative turned into a huge positive, and that show is an extension of that. I'm no longer doing like any writing; it's all verbal, it's all audio, it's all video, it's all yep.
1: good. We're gonna be doing, uh, we're bringing back our video shows. We'll have our our live YouTube shows uh, relatively frequently. Those will be ported into this podcast, but of course, folks that watch it live, you guys get the little fantasy NBA Today overtime stuff or whatever you want to call it over on YouTube. A brew. A big fat thank you and a blurpity blurpity blurp to you. Blerp blerp blerp. I tip my hat. Bye-bye. The one, the only Aaron Bruski. It's good to have him back on the pod. We're going to make this a regular thing again. It's going to be like the good old days at The Hoob. We're bringing The Hoob back into sports ethos, basically what we're doing here. He is at Aaron Bruski on Twitter. I am at Dan Vespers, as a reminder. And here at the tail end, I know we told you all about the B-150 and the draft guide and all that good stuff. B-150 update, by the way, coming Friday in the evening. And Friday evening is when the B-150 will also drop into the Fantasy Pass. So go get a Fantasy Pass subscription immediately. I would also note, Sports Ethos Listener Leagues, also Reader League, so if you read our stuff or you listen to our stuff, the drafts start for those, I believe on Sunday, maybe Monday at the latest, we are into wait lists now. So if you want to join a league, hit me up. If the wait list hits 12 teams, we will just open up another league. But we're not going to open one until then because you don't want those things to be partially filled. You can do that by emailing roster at sportsethos.com or hitting me up on Twitter at Dan Vespers. Same contact information if you want to work with us here at Sports Ethos. It's recruiting time, and we've had some really good applicants come flying out of the woodwork. Here's a fun one. Wanna host a podcast about a baseball team, a football team, or any of our remaining unclaimed basketball teams? A lot of them are actually already have shows, but we're branching out, as you guys know, into football and baseball. Hit me up at those locations, roster at sportsethos.com or at Dan Vesperus on Twitter. And of course, if you have any questions about all of this stuff, premium, recruiting, the leagues, you can hit me up there on Twitter as well uh there was one other thing that i meant to talk about oh i remember uh again uh, this is mostly for the premium subs, but if you're thinking about signing up our pro question and answer threads are in the forums this year they're not in discord we wanted to make it so that folks didn't need to download an additional app to ask to interact with our pros myself included i'm monitoring the forums pretty much all day every day Uh, And so if you have a premium question, that's the place to put it this year. Discord is largely for DFS, late-breaking news. Our wagering division has really uh, excellent use of the Discord thread. They put all their plays in there, any late-breaking plays as well. And on the full-season fantasy side, there is one thing going on in Discord, and those are instant reaction threads where you can get what our pros are feeling based on stuff they're seeing in the games, injury news, stuff like that. So that's the fastest place to get those results um, if you're not getting it from our blurb feed as well. So that's what's going on on the premium side. That's what's going on at Sports Ethos. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Enjoy reading the Brewski 150, you fantasy passers. Getting it for the first time. Sign up right now. You're going to love it. You heard it, man. He's got 20-some-odd targets that a lot of folks aren't even looking at at all. Wow. Season's coming. 11 days from the day we... Today. Well, from the moment we finished recording this podcast. 11 days from now. Basketball time. Then we settle into a really weird new routine. Really looking forward to doing these live shows with Brew as well. The big dog is back, baby. He needs to put out the Michael Jordan press release that says, I'm back. All right. Have a great weekend, everybody. 130 off-season episodes in the tank. We'll talk to you guys on Monday.